Sales win rates have plummeted to a mere 17%, and outdated technology and tedious manual processes are to blame. Meanwhile, managers lack the visibility they need to hold their teams accountable. But imagine a world in which these crippling issues are solved automatically. Revenue.io automates the most frustrating parts of sales so reps can focus on what they do best, selling. Completely automate pre-call research, logging conversation data in your CRM, writing post-conversation recap emails, and prioritized outreach. And as reps book more meetings and close more deals, managers gain the real-time insight they need to scale what's working across their entire team. Ready to say goodbye to tedious sales processes and watch your win rate soar? Head over to Revenue.io to learn more. Hey, Sales Enabled Podcast listeners. This is Alistair Wilcock, co-host of the RevOps Podcast. We have another special episode for you coming right up. So if you like what you hear, come and subscribe and join us at the RevOps Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's RevOps Podcast. I'm Alistair Wilcock, CSRO here at Revenue.io. I am delighted to have back on this podcast, Jeff Bajor. Jeff is a known speaker, professional for all of his advice in sales, B2B sales teams. Um, you know, he's been an author. He is a pioneer and rethink the way you sell. Jeff, it's a delight to have you back. How are you doing today? Glad to be back. The last conversation that we had uh, just recently was just, it, I've been thinking about it ever since. And I love the questions you asked and the way you uh, kind of brought some things up that some other people hadn't recognized and brought some other things up with some different points of view. And, and I rarely, if ever, turned down a podcast interview because it's just such a great space to have these free-thinking, free-flowing um, idea exchanges. And uh, I do my best work when I sit in front of this microphone. So I'm happy to be back, and hopefully we can catch a little more magic here today. I, I agree. Let's let's bring out the the, uh, the Yoda inside you from on your back shelf that I see there. And <laughs> all that with <laughs> Hey, listen, so Jeff, one of the things, we're, we're, we're the start of the new year here. It's it's a tough world in sales right now for people, right? We're mm-hmm. in an economic downturn environment for it. Um, the latest CSO polls I've seen out of Gartner and other places where I, you know, previously worked before and so forth. You know, we're hearing from heads of sales that you know nearly three quarters, around seventy-two percent of them, are you know very focused on pipeline creation for obvious reasons, right? You want to do uh-huh. create a little bit more in times of economic stress to hedge a little. They are. Doing uh-huh. the traditional aspects, I think it's around another 60, 65% really leaning in on, okay, how do I develop and nurture what we call global accounts? For some companies, that's going to be their key accounts, which makes sense because you want to nurture the base and sell to people that know you a little bit more. And then you know you have another big chunk, about 58% going, okay, how do I change the experience of selling? Uh-huh. And uh, they want to do all of that without creating a brand new go-to-market strategy and without just investing <laughs> in technology for the sake of technology. Right. Now, a lot of those are tried, tested tactics, and it would make sense they would show up in the, in the polling data that way. But you know, the world is getting tougher to compete in. Everybody knows the right playbooks these days. You only need to Google how to sell an economic downturn. You'll get great playbooks from BCG, Bain, us, all kinds of places, right? Sure. So 
what are you hearing that's that's a little bit different? What are you hearing that is going, hey, this is actually going to make a difference on how somebody differentiates in selling in an economic downturn? Well, I mean, there's a lot of ways. There, there are a lot of ways to go with this answer, with this discussion. I think what you need to be during these times is sharper. Yeah. And I don't mean that you need to be better practiced. I, I mean, sharper from a, an understanding of your product market fit. And to me, that comes down to alignment. Are, are you aligned with what you're selling, who you're selling it to, then the how, and then your why. And, and those four components are crucial for you to have enough belief, which is your sales superpower. We talked about that last time, in order for you to go do your very best work. And, you know, they say when the going gets tough, the tough get going. I think, you know, are you ready to lean into this adversity because, Every obstacle presents opportunity. And so you need to be clear. You need to be sharp. You need to be aligned. I think one of the things that, you know, when and, and I thought about this when you mentioned 72% of CSOs are looking to build more pipeline. Yeah. I think proactively building pipeline is something that is foreign to a lot of sales reps, particularly in the tech industry and particularly for those who are a little less tenured, let's say. Uh, maybe you're not young, maybe you're just young to sales or, or relatively new to a sales career. We had a little bit of an economic contraction in like 2015, but the big kind of economic downturn that we play, that we, most of us of a certain vintage anyway, remember, was 2008, 2009. Yep. And most sales reps right now in account executive roles, certainly in SDR roles, didn't sell through that. Um, if you were around and selling at that time, chances are you've either moved up in your career or moved on. And there are a handful who have just, you know, maintained their account executive roles, but you have to be really focused. You have to know exactly where the fits are for your product. And you have to be sharper with starting those conversations because, you know, for the last 10 years, money's been cheap. Yes. People have been having a good time. People are shopping. Well, there aren't so many people shopping anymore. You know, and we've gotten lulled into this inbound trap that I like to call it, uh, just waiting for people to find us because the buyer is so empowered. And hey, wait, if you read the, the results one way, you know, a, a majority of buyers don't want to interact with a salesperson. That doesn't mean that salespeople are bad. It means that salespeople are not doing their jobs. They're not reaching out proactively with any insights, right? And, and so, so the average customer feels as if they're not served well by salespeople. It doesn't mean that they don't need us. It means they're not getting what they need from us. And that is where I think there's an opportunity for a real paradigm shift in those account executives who need to start self-sourcing more of their own deals by looking into their current accounts where there's growability. And I think SDRs and BDRs need to be less canned and they need to stop prospecting to the masses at the same time and be a little bit more focused with the relevance of their messaging toward maybe a smaller group of people at a time. I'm not saying you can't still reach out to 100, but that 100 is probably better served if they're broken into five groups of 20 or even better, 10 groups of 10 for your sequencing and, and some of the things that you like to do. So relevance is more um, important than ever and recognizing that there aren't going to be as many hand raisers out there with their wallets open. So more pipeline is going to lead to probably a lower conversion percentage overall, but we need to hedge, like you mentioned, uh, to make sure that there are more deals being worked at the same time. I think I, uh, I I agree emphatically with all of that. And I think when I think about it, what you just said there, 
I'd call it the BFR. Belief, fit, relevance. <laughs> if, if you can really nail it down to belief, fit, and relevance, I think that's that's a really important thing. You know, and you see this come through all the time. Like I was fortunate to speak at the event uh, just not, not too long ago, and we were talking about this this notion of the economic downturn and what to do. And it's funny because the natural reaction from sales is often well, we'll be more conservative or you know, entrench in on where we know, right? Mm-hmm. And what I'd actually suggest is that one of the hardest times to actually be really successful in sales in is when actually the market's kind of just bobbing along. Yeah. Right? Because when it's just kind of moving along, everybody's kind of good doing okay. Nobody's really doing badly. Nobody's knocking out the bar, but it's 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 okay. Yeah. And so complacency creeps in. So personalization wanes down. I can play a little bit more of a volume game. I can, you know, I can do all of those, those, what I'll call lazy components of it. And that isn't just in the sales persona that happens. Uh-huh. You, you see that happen in the marketing orgs. You see that happen in the RevOps team where it just gets a little bit loose, a little bit wider on their ABM initiatives. Um, they don't do crisp ABX execution on the account level and, and it really trips them up. And, and when it's, when it's flat like that, you can just be good enough. And when times are hot, well, they're hot. So, you know, you benefit from that. Yeah. Likewise, though, with hot, the inverse is, you know, we're in, in one where you have lots of downward pressure. So if you have good belief, fit, and relevancy, so I know exactly where I need to go. I know who my right ICP is and, and really who. And I'm relentless at my segmentation. I, I, I always used to say to people at Gardner, whatever you think your segmentation strategy is, Cut it in half and then cut it again, and you're probably getting close to what it should be. Yeah. Like, whether one of the worst things that would come up and say to me, oh, well, look, I got a, I got a, this big market opportunity, all this, all these places I can go to, all these verticals, TAMs, geographies. Great. But, you know, how are you personalized into those? Right. Because while your solution may fit many places, the reality is to the buyer, everything is unique. Uh-huh. And a buyer today, you look and say 70% of them are looking for what from a salesperson. They are looking for somebody to be consultative in the selling experience. Yep. They are looking and then they are looking for the seller to be data driven with insights. And an insight isn't, well, I have experience on working with XYZ companies. The data is third party, is factual, is quantitative in nature, and they know how to apply that so that the buyer feels the personalization, they understand the fit, and they feel that it's highly relevant to them. Right. And and I just don't think that a lot of people are prepared to take that extra step in sales, especially if they're servicing too many customers. When they're serving too many customers, they feel like they have a lot of stories but those stories aren't necessarily as as relevant or beneficial. So, you know, to the point you just mentioned, well, I've worked with a lot of companies. Okay, I've worked with a lot of companies. This is what I've learned, and this is why it should be important to you. That is the part that too many sellers are missing, right? And I had a conversation with a client during a a training session earlier this morning. And, you know, I, I was working with this group, and I said, okay, so what is it that what do you believe that you and your firm bring to the table? Well, we've been doing this a long time. We've been working with a lot of clients like these. And I said, okay, what does that mean? Like take that a step further. 
And it's just the same as like, well, we save firms a lot of money. And if we can, you know, save them this amount, it's equivalent of going out and finding new business. You know, the $80,000 in savings is like bringing in, you know, half a million dollars in new revenue from a profit standpoint. I'm like, okay, interesting new point of view. I like that. But if you just go around saying, I'm going to save you 80 grand, now we just made it about cost. Now we just made it about price. That's starting the wrong conversation. We don't want us to have conversations about price unless it's why I'm worth every penny more that you're going to pay me instead of the nearest, you know, competitor. Like you're, you're, you're close, but you're not seeing the entire picture. So what is that insight that you brought? How can you help them apply it? How is your advice and particularly you as the rep, what are you worth in this deal? What are you worth as the advisor? What can you do with your style, your insights, your presence, your ability to connect that is going to impact the results beyond the digital software solution or the number of widgets that you sell, things like that. And I think in that way, sellers need to think about the bigger picture and the impact that they can provide, but they also need to think smaller to your point about your total addressable market is not what you should be thinking about. What is the very specific corner of that market that you can make the biggest impact right now corner during this time when things are contracting and then maybe use that to expand on at a later date. But the more focused you can be right now, my friend Todd Capone calls this extreme firmographic focus. It's not demographics, it's the firmographics who are the companies that we can help the most, the best, especially right now. And if you can identify that and really work in that area, that is a platform for growth for the next decade if you do it right. I think it's fantastic, actually. And I, I, I want to kind of double down on this idea that you just said as well of you know, what's the seller's worth to the customer? Uh. That That's really interesting to me. So where my head went to, Jeff, on that is I, is I think about well, what's a seller's worth? I was thinking you know, a lot of buyers right now they're going to look at the financial impact of a solution, right? Yes, it's an obvious piece we see people needing to improve upon inside there. So once I've really established excellent fit, like what you just said, next is, well, if I'm a seller talking to that buyer, how, what's the quantification of my solution? I guess one of those easy tests for me is, I go, well, you know, most salespeople are pretty adept at using TCO calculators, total cost of ownership, or ROI. Right. Most companies will hide them. And they're on websites. They're all over the places, right? Here's here's what the my solution is going to do. Sure. Um, yeah, and they're not bad in a, in a typical climate. It's better than not having something. It's definitely a financial lever people look at in, inside companies. But beyond kind of the the flippancy of an Excel calculator or a website calculator of that, I go, what a sales rep actually does is take it the next step. And this is when I know somebody really understands a client situation, really understands a a vertical industry, the impact they bring to the vertical industry. When you move beyond those basic measures of economics and you get into things like, well, if you don't do this thing, if you don't solve this mission critical priority as an organization, what's the correlation? What's the impact based upon that? Uh, well, what's happened to other companies when they when they have or have not solved that in a way? So what's that, what I would call cost of delay? Uh-huh. And then another one is what's the time to value of the solution? So time to value is how quickly a customer can see value from whatever it is that you are providing for them, right, in some way. And that doesn't mean, well, you know, moment I sign a contract, hey, 
Are the customers seeing value? Of course not. There's implementation, there's timeline, there's organizational changes that happen. It often takes, on average, it can take as long as 18 months for people to get the full value often of what they're buying in, in tech in particular. And you think about that in times economic duress, that timeline shrinks massively. Uh -huh. So most buyers, we saw during the pandemic, that went from 18 months down to three months. And so now you think as a seller, how can you add value to help people understand the time to value of a solution? And how do you break your solution down to make that timeline better? Two, what's the cost of delay? What's the cost of not solving this problem now? And I think, Jeff, the only way you can do that is through your suggestion, being narrow, really focused, hyper-personalization, understand that industry, and be tenacious of inspecting your reps to go, do they know how to have that conversation? Do they know how to do that? And that's, that's a belief they need inside themselves to have the confidence to have a financial discussion that is meaningful to the client, not just the flippancy of ROI and TCO. Anybody can sell on math. That's, that's not the discussion here, right? Like, so, you know, the metrics that you measured are very, very important. And you're right. A lot of reps aren't taking it that far. And that's beyond elementary. It's not something so simple, but it's a concept that I think if, if reps are coached to, they can grasp this. Yeah. The bigger concept I like to think about is what's the non-monetary ROI? What's your peace of mind worth? What is the level of comfort of just knowing that you're in the hands of an expert? What is the level of comfort of knowing that your, your sales representative who has been working in this corner of the market forever and has been where you want to go already a dozen times and can help steer you away from this decision or even this discussion? Oh, you know what, Alistair? This is what you're going to run into next. And I'll tell you what. Don't waste any time with that decision because it's it's really immaterial on the trajectory you're at, right? Or um, I'll use this example. A couple of weeks ago, I had a conversation with a, a startup. They really, they literally, I, I responded to this and I do every once in a while. I said, Jeff, can I get your objective opinion on our solution, on our technology solution? So I went through this really tight three-minute demo. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is how it helps. And I said, and, and let's just said, to, I'll keep it watered down. They help convert website traffic. And I said, this is going to work really well, but here's what you're going to run into. You're going to likely, because you're a startup, because you're you know new on the block and you're going to take any attention you can get, you're going to run into conversations with people who turn into be customers and you end up getting blamed because they didn't convert more traffic. Whereas the real issue is that they don't have enough traffic coming in. You know what I mean? Like you're coming in proposing a solution that's more revenue, higher conversion rates, but if they don't have their marketing motions, you know, in, in the right place, if they don't have their SDR, BDR teams doing the right things, if they're not getting enough people coming to the website, you might end up taking the blame for something that they're not even considering. And this guy sits back in his chair and he's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Like that is what a seasoned, experienced rep who knows what they're doing because they've been around that particular block, not just the block, Alistair, we've both been around the block. I mean, that particular block a dozen times, that's the kind of thing you can't put a price on. And so we can use ROI calculators. Like you said, you can plug the data in, figure it out. You just choose your own package based on our average ROI calculations. Now, what about just dealing with someone who knows their stuff and can help steer you toward the things you need to be paying attention to and away from the things that you need to be paying attention to? Because those are just the conversations that guy or that girl has every day. 
there's something there that you can't replace. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's what it is, Jeff, right? If you're passionate about the industry of your client and you want to figure out how to improve their circumstances, that authenticity, that empathy will come through in a conversation. Uh-huh. And then you know we, we support that with the segmentation we started this call with, uh-huh. with the tooling that's going to have a better financial conversation. And then we're, we're giving them the data and insights to support that industry and that conversation, which ultimately is supporting the buyer themselves. And, you know, pragmatic selling really works in a down market, right? Uh-huh. Focused advice that is data-driven is what's going to help a buyer be more confident in what they're going to go do. Because back to my earlier point, when a market's just moving along, people can afford risks. Yeah. When it gets tough, they cannot afford the same misses. So therefore, there's more scrutiny on what it is that they're buying and how they're buying it. Uh-huh. So therefore, the seller has to update aim massively on offsetting the risk with the data, with the advice on that. And there's no better way to do that than sell where you're passionate. Sell into things that you want to go help for. And and I think to your hallmark of the thing I know you love and, and your, your research is on, your consulting is all around, to me, that's where belief comes from. 100%. If you love something and, you, and it's there, that belief's going to come through, the conviction's going to come through, and that's a very different thing. Why do I love the world of AI and conversations? Well, I, I love it. That's why I wanted to be in it. Right. And I am every single day. I appreciate what a database does for me, but I'm not big on wanting to be in that particular field myself, right? Uh, and, and so right. I wouldn't want to help. I couldn't help in the same way that I can in areas where I'm passionate about because that's what I read, that's what I understand, that's what I study. And I think that's what a good seller can do in this time of economic duress. Be a first believer. Couldn't agree more. I mean, you could sell databases. I've talked with you enough, Alistair, to know you could sell databases. You don't want to sell databases. So you could sell them well enough, probably better than most other people, but where can you thrive? Yeah. Right? So if you're a seller right now and you're thinking about, do I go to the the prospects behind door number one or door number two? Which door is going to fire you up? Because that innate passion and enthusiasm translates. You know, I go back to that that line from the old Jerry Maguire movie. The, the kid in the back seat says that bees and dogs can smell fear. I'll tell you what, so can customers. Yep. And the opposite is also true. They can feel your enthusiasm. If a sale is nothing more than a transfer of enthusiasm, then go sell something where you're naturally enthusiastic and it rubs off in a hurry. So powerful. And we all have a choice. We choose where we work every day. So make the choice that's going to put you in the best position to succeed and yeah, I don't want to pile on any more to what you've already said, Alistair, because I think you're spot on. I think we have uh, nailed a big, big piece for here today. And look, for our audience leaning in, as you start on this new year, I'm going to use Jeff's sage advice here and you know what, what he has written on all around. Rethink the way you sell. I understand belief is a superpower. Jeff, if, if we could just get more people to meet with you and understand that, I think we'll help a lot of salespeople have tremendous success <laughs> in this economic downturn. So thank you as always for your advice, nuggets of wisdom. I, I think we, we'd love to have you back through this year as we both converse with a few more CSOs and CROs and compare some notes here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been brilliant as always. Can't thank you enough for being on with us. 
conversations like this fire me up. This is this one did not disappoint whatsoever, at least from where I'm sitting. So <laughs> thanks again for having me. You're welcome. And the best way for people to get a hold of you, Jeff? Uh, JeffBajorek.com or my podcast, Rethink the Way You Sell. I love it. I'll be sure to listen in and uh, we'll we'll get that website out there as well. So thanks so much, Jeff, as always. And everybody, like and subscribe and do check out our call-in number and send in your questions to our night. We will be sure to answer them and feature them in an upcoming podcast episode as well. You can reach us at 323-540-4777. That's 323-540-4777. And we will see you next week. Thanks so much. Hey, sales strategists. At Revenue.io, we're not just imagining the future of sales. We're building it. We offer the world's most complete platform for revenue teams, and we're featured in the most recent Forrester Waves for both sales engagement and conversation intelligence. With Revenue.io, you can slash call prep time to seconds, guide your reps in real time to have more successful conversations, and after calls, we generate ready-to-send recap emails so sellers can keep deals soaring toward the finish line at light speed. See the future of sales now at revenue.io.